There's nothing as great as a great marriage, mm -hmm. and there's nothing worse than a bad a bad marriage. You're right. And so, so if you're married, why do you want it bad? Right. Why do you want the worst thing on earth, which is a bad marriage? Why do you want that to have longevity? No. When you're just a few yeses away from turning that thing around. Right. And uh, you know, I I always tell people, I said, listen, if you don't have a God-centered home. You're going to have a child-centered home. That won't work. Nope. You're going to have a self-centered home. That's not going to work. <laughs> you're going to have a wife-centered home. You're going to have a husband-centered home. And uh, you're going to have a money-centered home. You're going to have a job-centered home. No, you need to have a God-centered home, and then everything flows out of that. And I think that uh, when you have that God connection, then it'll have a reflection in the way you choose right. with your spouse. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Danielle Hage podcast. I'm so glad you guys are joining us. I have a special guest today, my husband of 43 and a half years, Steve, the love of my life. We today are going to talk about the 10 things that couples who make it, couples who stay in long lasting, satisfying relationships. There's 10 different things that they make a habit of doing. So the first one, we're just going to jump right into this. Yeah, let's do it. The first one is that they guard their marriage. They okay. make their marriage top priority above other family members, above their friends, even above their own children. Their marriage is the top, the most important thing in their life. So guarding would could also be described or defined as preserving, preserving, protecting, protecting yes, prioritizing, yes. Uh, because, you know, I think that when you're married, um, it's the number one relationship horizontally. Yeah. You know, I mean, you have a vertical connection, hopefully, and that has to have a horizontal reflection. And then to me, that when you make the decision to say, yes, let's get married, then that becomes the number one slot. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I always tell people, I said, listen, if you don't have a God-centered home, you're going to have a child-centered home. That won't work. <laughs> nope. You're going to have a self-centered home. That's not going to work. <laughs> you're going to have a wife-centered home. You're going to have a husband-centered home. And uh, you're going to have a money-centered home. You're going to have a job-centered home. No, you need to have a God-centered home, and then everything flows out of that. And I think that uh, when you have that God connection, then it'll have a reflection in the way you choose right. with your spouse. Right. And another part of guarding your marriage is you don't tell your parents or your extended family, your siblings, you don't talk about your marital issues mm. with them. You know, you leave your first family and you cleave. Mm. So now we have our own family. Mm -hmm. And when we do things with the extended family, you know, we, ha we have to be in agreement in it. And, and the reason also, I, I always tell young people, this is, um, you don't want to tell your parents, like tell on your husband or tell on your wife to your parents, because parents are going to, they're going to take your side. Mm -hmm. All right. Cause they're your parents mm -hmm. and they are going to hold those little grudges. Like you're, you'll work through it. You'll forgive, you'll get over it. And now they're still mad mm -hmm. at your husband because 20 of, years later, yeah, what, whatever was said. So you just need to be careful. Like talk to a, a counselor, talk to a pastor, talk to somebody. If you have to get help and 
not necessarily your parents. And then another part of guarding is you don't talk to the opposite sex and confide in them about marital issues. Okay. That's, that's a no, no, because like if, I'm working, I have a job, and I start talking to the man at work about, because I see him every day, I talk to him every day, and I'm, I'm disgruntled with Steve, and then I start telling him what's going on in our marriage, and, you know, they're going to take your side too, and usually, and they're going to, and you just, you don't want to t- give any, uh, give any chance to a transference of affection, okay? Oh, come here, come to daddy, let me, let me help you with your problems. Steve does not go to other women outside of our marriage and talk about our marital issues, right? Because you, because it, our stuff is our stuff. (laughs) Absolutely. I just preach about it. Yeah. (laughs) So I tell everybody, no, I mean, I mean, the reality is that you want to make decisions that are contributing to the health of the connection. Right. Right. And, and it, it can't be about, it can't be about you getting yours. It has to be about a we, not me. Right. It's got to be a we thing, yeah. not a me thing. And so, you know, sometimes when we make decisions that are self-centered or self-motivated and you're getting yourself together uh, without the we in mind, mm-hmm. Then that's why you would want. That's why you would go outside of what's smart, right? And and then thinking that that's going to provide you some kind of relief or some kind of an answer, which it never will. Uh, it just can, it just piles on the negative. You start having layers of negativity. So you know, for me, I I, I just uh, don't want. Let me say it like this: There's nothing as great as a great marriage mm-hmm. and there's nothing worse than a bad a one. bad marriage right and so so if you're married why do you want it bad right why do you want the worst thing on earth which is a bad marriage why do you want that to have longevity no when you're just a few yeses away from turning that thing around right or, or whatever okay yes. let's keep moving. okay number two Okay, so another habit is that they do things together. They recreate together. They do activities together. Whether it's going to the gym together or, you know, a sport that you both like, you know, pickleball or tennis or we used to, um, and we still, we bike together. We cycle. You know, during the pandemic, we were on our bikes every, every day. single day, 20 miles a day. And, it, and it's just, you know, or learning something new together. We've taken dance classes over the years or, you know, just... Things Until that I started you both pulling my muscles. Enjoy. We s- snow skied together. We did family vacations once a year. Um, but learning every now and then, learning a new thing together, you know, well, I just whatever think that is. I just think it's points of connection. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's activities or or restaurants or movie or, or whatever. It's just creating connection. Yes. It's just creating connection. Whatever that looks like, uh, it doesn't have to be physical or, or sports related. It's just what do you do that sets aside a time to connect right. and, and authentically connect and where you're not connecting around problems, you're connecting around fun, fun and purpose <laughs> and, and there's that, there's that uh, exchange that happens. You can't be healthy 
with a bad connection. Yeah. And something that we have always done, our whole marriage is had, we've had weekly date nights. Mm -hmm. Not that, not to say there's been some weeks that go by that we don't, but we always made that a priority where you and me away from the kids had a weekly date night, at least once a week. Yeah. A lot of times more than once a week. And now that we're empty nested, (laughs) now that we're at the age that we're at and all that, uh, we have date night every night almost. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, it's it's. But I think that's really important for couples. Yeah, you know, but we carried our connection into uh, uh, this season of our life. Absolutely, we've carried yeah. our connection. It's not like oh well now what? Are we oh, the kids do? are gone. We have uh, nothing uh, uh, left uh, yeah, in common. No, it's that's right. not. We couldn't wait for them to get out of there. Okay. Next. <laughs> okay. Number three, they complement one another. They don't compete with each other. Mm. And I feel like we have always done that well. Um, when you were all the years in ministry, when you were traveling, I was raising kids. You know, I was in full support of you doing what you were called to do. That was your passion and your purpose. Um, yes, there were times I felt a little jealous. He's out there having fun and traveling, and I'm home with the kids, and I want to go out. I want to go to lunch. I want to do the fun Very things. Very rarely. <laughs> but he had a fun job. He liked his job, which was great. Still do. But I have to admit, there were times where I just felt a little bit jealous. Like, he's out having fun because his, his job wasn't work to him. It was fun. But, um, but I was in support of that. And I think couples that last support one another, applaud one another's successes and support each other in their failures. Because, you know, we, we, we have failures, we have weaknesses. We've not done everything right, but we're always supportive of one another and therefore each other. It's not hard. It's not hard. Doesn't have to be. (laughs) If, you know, love, love chooses the other person. Right. And it, it hasn't even been hard for me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, because if one of you in a relationship, if one is em- empowered and having successes, you're both empowered. It's both of your successes. And and that I feel like that you look at my success as yours. And I've always looked at your success as mine. Really? It's like, I, we're because we're one. I we're in this I together. I don't know if I'm that deep. Uh, <laughs> frankly, I just think that I'm thrilled that you are making a difference in people's lives. And I just want to be supportive of that. Yeah. I don't know if it, I'm going, oh, it's my success too. Uh, maybe, I guess, okay. Uh, you know, I'm Mr. Daniil Hage. Yeah, I mean, right. like, that's a great big <laughs> success for me. But it, it's not about that. To me, it's about elevating people's awareness that gives them the best life that they can live now. And that, yeah. and you're doing that and that's a value to me. And I applaud that. Okay. So number four, we have very open communication. Couples who stay together so that last, there's an authenticity there. There's an integrity there. There's very, I can't even think of anything that I wouldn't share I with think, you. Well, I actually, like, we talk about everything. I kind of think, honey, it's like, uh, you know, when you go to those concerts and they put those things around your neck, what are those things called? Those little passes. It's yeah. an all access pass. Okay. So we have to give each other an all access pass. Right. Um, where, you know, really nothing's off limits. Mm-hmm. Um, no secrets. No deep, dark uh, secrets. Uh, well, yeah. or, or if you are gravitating toward a secret, you tell you know what? I think I'm going to, I'm trying to have a secret here. You know? Yeah. Or, or, and I noticed too, like when people, because we are in the people business, we are in ministry. And if someone comes to me and says, now don't tell your husband. Okay. Will you promise not to tell your husband? I always say, stop, 
before you tell me, do you trust me enough that if I think he needs to know, do you trust me to tell him or not? Because I don't want to commit to them that I'm not going to tell him because we tell each other everything. But most of the time, it's a woman issue. He don't care. He doesn't need to know. But I do always preface it with, will you trust me that if I feel the pastor, my husband needs to know that I can tell him. And they all say yes, absolutely, and, which I rarely do. And there and there's lots of things necessary. and there's lots of things I don't want to know right. even when you start <laughs> telling me that I should know. So anyway, so the, so the point the point is that there you don't have to be all mindful of what to say and what not to say. It interrupts the free flow of open communication right. or even question asking. Yeah. And, and we, I feel like, and this is our relationship, and I think it's one of the things that is, has been like the glue that's kept us together. We are so open with each other. Like, I can always tell when he finds another woman attractive. And and finding someone attractive- Always? Always. And finding someone attractive doesn't mean you're attracted to them. You know, there's a difference. Lots of attractive people doesn't mean he's attracted. But I, and I'll say- you're, you think she's pretty. And he'll go, what? What? <laughs> or he'll don't say- Don't tell people what I do or, or he'll don't say do. To I'll me, be like, heck yeah. He'll say to me, oh my gosh, I think that girl is so pretty. And I'm fine with that. It's like, I do too. I will even point well, out I mean, people no, and say, oh my gosh, did you see that one? And I'm like, no. <laughs> he, but, already, uh, he already saw but, it. <laughs> but, no, but you know, it's, it's, it's a myth to think that- as soon as you get married, every other person in the world becomes ugly. Right. You know, I mean, really? <laughs> yeah. And uh, although, yeah, you have pointed out uh, pretty girls and say, man, that girl is really pretty. I very rarely point out to men and go, look at him. He's a honk, <laughs> isn't he? But anyway, can we go to number five before <laughs> I throw true. up in my mouth? Anyway, we're just very open with each other. But again, that's our dance. That's And we have no And I recommend it because you're not living your life in this solical, uh, solical incarceration where you have to let out and Daniil is not insecure. <laughs> I think, I think couples talk, speak to this for a minute. I think couples monitor truth based on the forecasted reaction of the hearer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Very so, good. so if I felt like if I said, Oh my goodness, uh, you know, whatever about some person or something I'm doing or something I'm not doing or whatever. Uh, and I'm factoring in some kind of an irrational, emotional response. That's going to prohibit me from telling you the truth, right. the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Because if you think I'm going to get upset or but get angry. But you never get upset yeah. about those things. Yeah. Well, and I think too, I, because I know where I stand with you. You know, I'm very mm. secure in our mm. relationship. I think we both are. So there, I'm rarely ever threatened by another I mean, woman Danielle, or... Danielle gets more upset about my side of the room. <laughs> Your mess. Than this other stuff. <laughs> it's true. Which I wish... It is a point I of I wish contention. my side of the room was a secret to her. You know, <laughs> but, uh, you know I'm a hat guy. So I have... <laughs> 3,400 hats on the dresser and everywhere. She, and all she over wants the house. to put them, she wants to put them away, but I know exactly where every single yeah. one is. And if she touches my stuff, <laughs> he doesn't like that. 
it's going to be <laughs> not good. Okay. And then also, too, because we've gotten this a lot from people, even with our family, as our kids became teenagers and young adults, we have very open conversations oh with them. God. And other, we've had dinner guests before, and people were like, afterwards, <laughs> just completely blown, blown away. They said, I can't believe that's... No. You talk about that stuff with your kids. And they were so shocked. They thought it was cool, but they were shocked. And we were like, what? Like, no, to us, it was so normal. We just talked about everything. Well, because because <laughs> the Hage family and the uh, the spouses that they've brought into, the, into our <laughs> circle of life, um, we have been solving problems yeah. for other people for- Our whole lives. Our, our whole entire marriage. Lives. I mean, coming up, I'm gonna. This is gonna be my 50th year of full time ministry coming right up. 50, yeah. five zero, and so and and we've been married almost 44, and the entirety of our 44 years has been spent in ministry. In ministry. And a lot of ministry isn't just teaching people, but it's solving problems or bringing application to the teaching to their lives and our children then are exposed to that and and we never protected them no i mean dinner table conversation is hey what would you guys do about this and so there are no secrets yeah there really are are. okay so number five um they have a mutual respect for one another couples that last Mm. They have a good, healthy respect for one another, and they don't, like, they fight. Yeah, they fight. They get in arguments, but they never let it get out of control. Um, They give each other freedom to be who they are. We're not trying to change each other. That hasn't always been the case, because early on, I remember there were things that Steve did that I definitely wanted to change. Well, it needed to change. Like, no manners (laughs) needs to change, okay? Yeah, Steve. I wasn't raised in a really refined uh, environment, and Daniil was a little bit uh, more uh, (laughs) refined in her approach to life. Hmm. And, uh, And so I would come in with my boisterous... High volume. Tell it like it is when and, people weren't asking no, yeah, I was for answering, his input. I was answering questions nobody was asking. <laughs> and uh, but anyway, um, yeah. and he just wasn't real sensitive. Like I, I can read people's body language, and I would say, "Did you see their face when you said? Did you see they shut down? Did you see they weren't listening?" He'd be like, "What? What are you talking no, about?" No, I was looking in the mirror when I was saying all that. No, anyway. but but yeah, but I I eventually too had to get to the place where you know what. This is God's son, God's man. And I'm it is not my responsibility to fix him, to to get him polished, to change him. And I really did have to let that go because I felt like he was a reflection of me. So it was really my own pride. And if he did something that embarrassed me, I, you know, that made me look bad. So I eventually had to get to a place where, like, you know, we are individuals. Yes, we are one in marriage, but we also have individual personalities and we're both unique. And he is who he is. And I am who I am. And that's okay. Well, and the, and that. the thing is, uh, you know, not to make this a thing about me, but I'm the exact same guy when I'm talking to a group of people in a room as I am sitting here on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, you're not going to find any change, maybe a change of volume, but, <laughs> and that rawness is what has contributed to my success in public speaking and preaching all right. over the world right. to millions of people in the last 50 years 
and people just kind of go, I've never met anybody. I'm like, I think God was a one and done with the way I see things and the way I present. Um, and it's not for everybody. Right. And I think I was a more private, yeah. you know, still in my are. personality and he would just share things. I'd be like, ah, don't talk about that. Like, you know, I was just a little bit more private and he was just so Yeah, the out checkout there. lady at the grocery store doesn't need to know that you got a new car, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and how much you paid for it. But, uh, but, <laughs> but I think that, um, like in the last couple years we have maybe, uh, categorically defined what you're saying, tell me if I'm getting this right, as giving each other the gift of freedom. Yes. Like, to be who we are. Exactly. And to uh, experience God's call, God's will, God's plan, His purpose for your life without uh, getting in the way of that. Yeah. I, 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 I don't believe that we can... Um, preserve our gifts and walk in the fullness of our God deposit having expression if the closest human being to you is trying to monitor that yeah. and govern that right. and not letting you get acquainted with that freely and fully. Right. So in order for you to reach your full potential, you need the most important relationship in your life to give you the freedom and to, the support. Yeah. And, and, but that's what support is. Right. I'm giving you the gift of freedom. Right. And the freedom is you're free to make mistakes. You're free to have successes. You're free to fail. You're free to win. You're free to lose. You're free to reach. You're free. You are free. And one of the ways that shows up because people, um, ask about this also is that Steve and I um, we do a lot of separate things because over the years, like, for example, we always skied together. Well, he got to the place where his knees just couldn't take it. No. And I was like, I'm not ready to hang Too up my skis. Too much basketball in my youth. I can't do it. Yeah. And so I have girlfriends and we go on a few ski trips every year. And he's in total support of that. He, he's not jealous. He's not threatened. Yes, I'm spending our our money that we share on doing something that I love. But he's been always very supportive because he knows I want that's, that's your something sport. important to me, even though he doesn't want to do it anymore. So just little things like that where he, he's given me the freedom. He's not trying to tie me down or keep me, and I don't try to keep him from doing things that you love. So And, and that comes from mutual respect. Yes. That, that yeah. the, the confidence and the empowerment to give each other the freedom to be who God has called you to be and not trying to change that, yeah. that comes from the core to me, the core uh, way I experience you is from a disposition of respect. Yeah. I respect the woman that you are. I respect how you overcome <clears throat> your mistakes. I respect how you uh, don't get too serious about your successes. I respect the value that you have connecting with our children and our grandchildren. I respect the study that you put in to help people. And when, like, there's so many, th in fact, I don't think there is anything that I don't respect, Aww. uh, that, or, or anything that tarnishes the respect. Yeah. Um, I don't think you're perfect, but I think you're perfect for me. Nah. And, uh, <laughs> and so why do I want to, you know, take away from that and right. diminish that. So, and I feel the same things from you. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. I feel free. Mm-hmm. I can be me. Right. I'm doing my thing. Right. I'm, I'm uh, advancing the call of God on my life, and you're advancing the call of God on your life, and we're account- uh, advancing the call of God on our lives. Yeah. So we have our separate things, and then we have our together thing. Right. So. And then one more thing, and then we're going to be done. We're going to do the second five things uh, in a part two podcast. But I just wanted to add this. For those of you maybe in ministry or just married couples who are Christian follower followers, um, we a lot of times people will say, so your kids never rebelled or your kids never got into drugs or, you know, because mm-hmm. we've raised re- three really good kids who all love God and are all serving God. And what I think I can attribute, what we attribute that to is because you said earlier, I am who I am sitting here on a podcast or up on a stage or at home watching TV. I am who I am. And our kids always saw that. We didn't pretend to be one thing at church or in public, and then we were something else at home. And I think our kids grew up that way because as youth ministers, we were youth pastors for a lot of years, and we would hear teenagers come to us and say, you don't really know who my parents are. They're one way in front of you, but they're very different at home. And we would hear the horror stories. Mm-hmm. And we, we thought we never want to be that. We want to be who we are as Christians, as a married couple, as parents, in and out of the public eye. And I think that's why we had kids who grew up to want to follow Jesus too. So not you, that we were perfect, not that we did, you know, did you know, everything right. James Dobson said the number one thing that teenagers need from their father Remember, mm-hmm, I do. Is a father who loves their mother. Yep, that breeds such security in kids. So I've never forgotten that. Like uh, sometimes I have to love Daniil because I love my kids. Right, and not that they never saw us fight, but fighting and arguing in front of your kids is not bad when they see you resolve. If they it. can witness the resolve, yeah, yes, sure. because that teaches them how to resolve conflict. Because it's silly to think but we're we going to be fought, married and never like, have an argument. Like we never fought. Uh, we didn't fight violently. No, we yeah, didn't no, call it, it each other just, names or throw things. Yeah, or It was just one stupid. of us was being stupid. <laughs> anyway, so we're going to end this for today, but we're going to do a part two with five more things that couples do that stay together. And I just want to ask you, please subscribe. Please like if you liked it. Like it and share this with somebody that you know that maybe you think it might benefit. 